This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jose Augustine Martinez, a surgeon and president of Austin Retina Associates. Dr. Martinez, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm honored to be on. Thank you. Now, I'm looking forward to our conversation because we're going to be talking about some really important topics here. And I think, first and foremost, how do you define your work culture and your ideal team player? Well, we tapped into a lot of Patrick Lencioni's work. There's a book entitled The Ideal Team Player, which talks about uh, those that are ideal team players are humble, hungry, and people smart are the terms he used. And so we're all about hiring people. That's really one of our top criteria about whether we hire someone. It's not so much their skills, but whether they possess these attributes of humility, meaning they're able to yield to others' ideas and understand how to collaborate with others and the importance of humility and being able to seek out right answers to, to problems, making sure the right answers um, determine, not because it's my idea, that person's idea, but it's, it's a collaborative work to make sure the best solution is determined for a problem. The idea of being hungry, meaning people of ambition that want to grow personally, want to grow professionally, uh, they like to be a part of something bigger than themselves, so they have a level of ambition. And thirdly, people smart, being people that have a good emotional IQ that understand how to navigate difficult situations, difficult conversations, and have the ability to empathize with others and just relate to others. So those three criteria really make up an ideal team player. And I think Patrick Lencioni's book does a fantastic job of summarizing how all three of those attributes need to be present in order to be an ideal team player. We really did a deep dive in our practice and got our leadership team involved in determining what are the characteristics of our practice, what makes us different than other practices. And our leadership staff, I'm proud to say, came up with the idea, these three core principles or core values that we embrace. And these are constantly part of our communications, but first being uh, serving with compassion, this idea that we're here to serve our community uh, to serve our patients and our staff and one another, frankly, and to do that with compassion, trying to show empathy in those situations. So we take that very seriously. It sounds rather trite, but we really do try to incorporate that and constantly uh, highlight examples of how we can do that. The second core value is striving for excellence. And we're an organization that believes uh, we need to continuously improve. We're never status satisfied with the status quo. Uh, we're always trying to look for ways to improve, and we have always made it our mission to deliver an exceptional patient experience, and we believe we can only do that by continuing to grow. And the third core value that we think defines our organization is this idea of practicing humility, that once, as I said, you know, we're able to yield to the ideas of others. We come in uh, ready to find solutions, not because we have a great solution, but maybe we have an idea that we can share with others and really collaborate and have a um, spirited conversation to make sure we're coming down on a good solution to a particular problem. 
So we really think that these define our culture. We emphasize them practically every day. We have huddles in which some of these values are highlighted uh, by example of what people have done to make sure we're living out those core values. Any type of uh, rewards we give to our patients or anytime we hold them up as an example, they're always tied to our core values. So it really is a constant theme and our staff is aware of what our core values are and they're expected to live by them. They're held accountable to do so. If we don't behave by our core values, we're confronted and have a constructive conversation about how we're falling short. I love that. I think that culture accountability is so important and really a smart way to go about building those relationships and the trust that can then help flourish and blossom into something that's going to be driving the business forward. I'm wondering if you can expand on the importance of two-way communication and trust um, within the workplace. How is that created in a professional environment? Well, so we have what are called O3s in which every member of our staff is meeting with their supervisor, the person that's running their team, and that's done on a consistent basis. I know, for example, I meet with our CEO weekly where we have this O3. We meet for 30 minutes and talk about uh, making sure we're communicating openly, talk about our uh, priorities, and really giving feedback uh, to one another about how we're behaving as part of that conversation. So my CEO will often uh, confront us doctors about ways we can behave better that's more in line with our values. And so we do that on a continuous basis. So there are really no surprises in our organization because our staff is meeting with their managers and having the same type of candid conversations where each member's held accountable. And it's all just rallying around these core values about how we behave is a large part of those conversations. Obviously, there's other work that needs to be done in our organization, and we make sure that most of those conversations are really animated by numbers, by metrics, so that the emotional aspects of conversations when we're talking about how people are executing at work, we really try to tie their delivery of execution, their ability to uh, do the work they've been hired to do with a metric so that we can refer to that metric as to whether they're doing a good job or bad job. And there may be several metrics for each job. It just depends on those particulars and those metrics are determined by the employee and their supervisor. So they're agreed upon metrics that just hold one another accountable. It tends to take emotional language out of conversations, which builds trust and builds clarity in those relationships. So there, there are no surprises. Uh, we'd like to think that we don't need year in reviews and things like that because we're constantly communicating throughout the year so there's really no need to have a special meeting where people are assessed because people have a real sense of where they stand and the value they're delivering to the organization because they know their job is tied to these numbers that i alluded to that makes a lot of sense you know and it's really interesting and, and cool to hear about that kind of two-way and feedback and kind of constant communication, I, I can imagine that really makes a big difference for the employees and the team so they're feeling comfortable and confident moving forward and making decisions and not having to wait for that annual review, as you said, or, or really have a big formal discussion, um, but have it more of, of being an everyday conversation. Yeah, we like to say there are no surprises at Austin Retina, and we really believe uh, trust is, you know, the essential element of any healthy human relationship. So we do everything in our power to make sure each conversation is an opportunity to build that trust 
And sometimes they're hard conversations, but uh, hard conversations can be handled in a way that actually builds trust and helps, uh, you know, both parties grow. Absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. And I think your note on making sure to keep things metrics driven driven and numbers driven too really is smart. I know that's something we focus a lot on at Becker's as well. And so that, that's really great to hear. Thank you. Now, I know um, one other thing I wanted to ask about was emotional intelligence, which is a huge aspect of leadership today. What are the roles of emotional intelligence and in career path development in your line of work, especially if you've got this kind of constant two-way communication with feedback? You know, I, again, I think it's essential to any healthy organization is having people with this whole idea of, uh, you know, being people smart, having a high emotional IQ. And again, I think that our, you know, we're in healthcare, so it really is hopefully intrinsic to those who get involved in healthcare. They enjoy people. They enjoy interacting with other people. So they're always looking ways to refine their ability to do so. And I think that, you know, being able to read the emotions of others and, and, and meet them where they are is essential. And that not only includes with our patients, but with one another. I really try to make an effort to tell our staff our core purpose at Austin Retina is to enhance the lives of the people in our community. And we really take that to heart. That means not only our patients, but one another, that we really want to be present emotionally, you know, really build friendships at work and really build those bonds to create that chemistry that makes any team excel beyond their peers. We all know that great championship teams are always connected emotionally in a way that probably surpasses the teams they're competing against. And it's really a key element to success. We believe that at Austin Retina. So we're all about creating opportunities, not only in the workplace, but outside the workplace. We encourage our staff to become friends and to become, uh, do things outside the workplace. We have events, our teams get together outside the workplace in order to build those friendships and that, that emotional connection. That's really great to hear. And definitely, it seems like an important part of being in a workplace because, you know, you spend so much time there and being able to have those relationships is great. How do you get leadership buy-in? Well, the um, thankfully, the leadership, well, I, I guess you get buy-in by the leaders living out the core values and continually reminding people what our core purpose is, what our core values are, and holding people accountable. Uh, I think our leadership sees the benefit. Uh, we've been fortunate to build a strong culture. Consequently, we have found that it really elevates all of us to become our better selves at work because we know it's expected. So it's been, rel it's been easy to get leadership to buy into it because our leaders, probably 95% of them are people that have been in our organization for many years and have kind of worked their way up into these leadership ranks. So they get you know, the culture, they get what's expected. So it's been easy to get their buy-in. Now, of course, initially, when we all started this about 10 years ago, it was a slow process. So I think often people that are working in a difficult culture feel like they can't achieve it, but it really is something that can be achieved. It just takes baby steps, and with incremental progress every year, they'll find over the course of two, three, four, things will get gradually better and better and better. We're fortunately at a position now where we have so many people that have been with our organization for a long time, so they understand our culture. And we've been able to hire those leaders from within our culture, which I also believe is a sign of a healthy organization. 
Sometimes we'll go outside if we feel like we need new input, new perspectives. Uh, we just hired a, an HR person from outside our organization that brings a whole new insight into how we might change things and make things better for our staff so that we're not just uh, having a groupthink mentality. So anyway, so I think it's them appreciating the fact that they come to work in a healthy environment. My hope is they come to work and inspire to be better people, not just at work, but at home. So I think they appreciate uh, what's been built and they see it as their responsibility to, to keep the momentum going forward. I love it. Dr. Martinez, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think that's such an inspiring message and one really to carry through for any team leaders um, for their businesses or organizations, because it's so important to have that kind of trust and culture to really get things done and, and make sure that the people you're taking care of within the organization are, are um, able to perform their jobs and really care for patients too. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being here today, Dr. Martinez, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Well, it's been a pleasure having the conversation. Thanks for reaching out and thanks for your work as well. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.